Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas, and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Sports Yak Podcast brought to you by Look Trailers. Searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. Located only 24 minutes from Goshen, 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Visit LookTrailers.com. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome to episode 305 of the Sports Yak podcast. You mean the David Justice episode? Him I've heard of. I chose him because he's part of one of your favorite, if not your favorite, sports movie. Moneyball. Yes. And so David Justice hit 305 home runs in his big league career. Also at one time, married to Halle Berry. Did not end well. She filed a restraining order against him. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, You saw him as an Oakland A in Moneyball. That was his last season in the major leagues, was that 2002 year that is shown in that movie. Spent most of his time with the Atlanta Braves. And then the Cleveland Indians had some really good years with both those ball clubs. Went to the Yankees. It didn't go well. Closed out with the A's, but he's he's David Justice. He's number 305 in the Sports Jack dedication series. Look Trailers is searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. If you're looking for work in a great atmosphere that's focused on safety, working smart, and bettering the team every day, then Look Trailers is for you. They're located only 24 minutes from Goshen and just 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Their family of brands include Look Trailers, Pace American, Cargo Express, Express and Everlight Trailers. Fly online at looktrailers.com today. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! 
Well, let's get to it here. Let's start with, uh, how about Indiana's new basketball coach? The two-week search is over, and they have landed on Mike Woodson. Big Ten Player of the Year in 1980. Fifth leading scorer in IU history. And the former IU star who played for Bob Knight. So the ties to Bob Knight are back. First time that IU has hired an IU alum to run the program since Lou Watson in 1965. And now Mike Woodson returns at the age of 63 to run the Hoosier basketball program. And he gets a six-year deal. Question real quick. Six-year deal. Is that is that a normal size deal? I think... I think that's a little bit bigger than normal. Oh, okay. I think typically you would get a five-year deal. He gets a six-year deal. The pluses, if you're an IU fan, I, I think Scott Dolson, the athletic director at Indiana, certainly wanted somebody who has been through the Indiana program, who is cream and crimson bread and bleeds cream and crimson, and that is Mike Woodson. He does that. He wanted somebody with some coaching acumen. Mike Woodson has been in the NBA for the last 24 years. He's had some head coaching stints with the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks. The overall record is below 500. However, his tenure with the Knicks started out very, very well before James Dolan, the owner, started interfering with some contracts and things. I have no doubt that Mike Woodson knows how to coach he's got a bevy of NBA players who swear by him who were very excited for him to be able to go back to his alma mater there are a lot of IU players former IU stars who are very excited about Mike Woodson going back to his alma mater how did you feel when you read the news I'm ambivalent on it and here's why I I think I think he can coach I have questions how a 63 year old and I understand Jim Beheim's in his 70s. Mike Krzyzewski's in his 70s. John Beeline, who was being considered for the job by many in his late 60s. Age maybe not as much of a factor as we make it out to be. But here's the thing. Krzyzewski and Beheim have been coaching in the college game a long time. Kids know who they are. A lot of kids probably don't know who Mike Woodson is. And I just wonder if he is going to be able to relate with the 18-year-old that he has to go recruit and bring them into the college game. I think the pluses are he's an IU guy and understands the culture that needs to be created at Indiana. And number two, he has coaching experience. I think the negatives are perhaps his age, the fact that he has not coached in the college game before, and his ability to go into homes and recruit, are all unproven. To me, Dolson has taken a page from what Ward Manuel has done up at Michigan. Remember, Michigan went out and they got Jawan Howard from the NBA, brought him in. With Jawan Howard, they brought in Phil Martelli, veteran coach who was at the time unemployed, and he is the number one assistant to Jawan Howard to kind of groom him through the college game. What IU has done with Mike Woodson is they're bringing in Thad Mata, the former Ohio State head coach. Thad Mata is actually 10 years younger than Mike Woodson, but apparently he's got some back problems and things like that. Doesn't necessarily want to be a head coach, but they're going to put him in an administrative position where he can somewhat mentor Mike Woodson through what it's like to have to recruit colleges. Now, the next thing, and I think the key thing to whether Mike Woodson is going to succeed at Indiana or not, 
is putting together his staff. Because he's got to have some guys who can go out and recruit because Mike Woodson has never recruited before. Mm. He's got six players currently in the transfer portal. doesn't mean they're going to stay there. They could come back. However, he's going to have to rebuild this Indiana lineup. Now, right now, Trace Jackson Davis is staying, but Trace Jackson Davis has said, I want to see who the assistant coaches are before I make up my mind. So, does he go out and get some former IU guys to be his assistant coaches? There are a few of them out there. There's Dane Fife at Michigan State. There's Michael Lewis at UCLA. There's guys like that you can get. Do you keep guys from Archie Miller's staff? For all the tumult that Archie Miller created, his staff did recruit the state of Indiana fairly well, and they've got some connections. So do you go out, do you keep one of those guys so that you have somebody experienced in going out and recruiting? All these things have to be answered down in Bloomington. So anybody who comes out and says, I know Mike Woodson's going to be great, or I know Mike Woodson is going to fail. They're both lying. Nobody knows, and we're, we're not going to know for probably about four to five years. A great leader finds himself a support staff to lift up his weaknesses. And you said recruiting many times. Mm-hmm. I would hope he brings in a master recruiter. Uh, and he might even have one left over from the Archie Miller staff. Mm. So we shall see what kind of staff that Mike Woodson puts together because, honestly, I think that's going to be the key to his success. You're going to know whether Indiana is going to win or lose based on the kind of staff that Mike Woodson is able to put together. The one, the other thing I would say is going for Mike Woodson is if you look at a lot of college offenses, and I think you see this in the high school game a lot, and then it kind of bleeds into college, there's... There's a lot of play calls. It it tends to be a slower kind of game. And I think bringing in an NBA-style offense to the college game, which Mike Woodson, I would anticipate him doing, should be an advantage for Indiana in that that, I think, would be attractive to recruits to be able to play a, a, a higher-paced style of offense. Let's face it. Yes, I understand defense wins championships, and part of Mike Woodson's job will be to teach defense to these kids that come in. But what's going to bring them in the door is an attractive offense. Okay. So that's the story at Indiana. Now, the other big story in college basketball right now, of course, is the NCAA tournament. We have now reached the Elite Eight. I didn't go back and listen to how we did on our picks, but I have the feeling we didn't do very well. I remember a couple of the names, kind of down the middle. You know, we picked Oral Roberts for the upset. They came really close. They didn't get the upset. Now, if you're if you're a gambler, they covered. <laughs> so you got that going for you, which is nice. However, uh, let's go ahead and try to pick these Elite Eight games that will be played tonight and tomorrow night. You know, in the past, the tournament has been... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So you get to the end of Sunday, and it's like there's this kind of withdrawal that happens. And you get from the end of Sunday, and you go all the way to the Final Four, and it's a long week. At least this will shorten up that time between the end of the regionals and the Final Four. We have two games tonight, 
two games tomorrow night, and then the final four on Saturday. Do you think they'll stay with this once uh, we're past this? You know, I, I've thought about this. On, on the one hand, the bubble, I think, has been very attractive to those of us who live here in the state of Indiana because the whole tournament is here, and it's nice that it's all self-contained, and, and we recognize all the venues, and it's, it's very Hoosier-oriented, and so we appreciate that. On the other hand, I heard an interview with one of the players from Oregon State today, and they asked him how it's going inside the bubble. And he said, man, it's, it's rough. He goes, this is much a mental test as it is a physical test. And we've talked about this before. I think the article that Tom Noy did with Demise Anderson, the fact that these kids, other than going to practice and an occasional team meal and going to the games, they don't get to leave their hotel room. Can you imagine that we are now in the second week, past the second week of this bubble in Indianapolis for the players. The the drawings came out, so the, this would be the, the 14th day that they've been there. And 14 days of no matter what the weather is, you look outside your window, it's a nice sunny day. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're, you're in your room. Well, that's the part of being a student athlete in 2021. It you is. Know, it's gonna, it's it part is, of the deal. Honestly, when you accepted that scholarship, you didn't necessarily sign up. For oh, this. absolutely not. But, I mean, hopefully the coaching staff and the support staff are like, hey, this is a learning lesson for you. It's not always going to be this way. Right. This is just one of those years you'll look back and go, man, I had to go through this. I had to do that. You know, maybe you find out a little bit more about yourself. And well, you, you might. It. You might. You but know? I'm just saying it. It's not. it's not all peaches and cream. You know, normally you get through that first round, the round of 32. You go back to campus, and if you've won those two games, man, the campus is alive, and you're the BMOC, and everybody's patting you on the back and everything like that. Yeah. There's none of that adulation going on now. You you go back to your hotel room, and you see, uh, what movie have I not watched yet? Well, I love me some hotels, so enjoy that HBO, boys. <laughs> All right, so let's pick these games, and let's start with tonight. We've got Oregon State. The biggest Cinderella left in the tournament. Number 12 seed wouldn't have been in the tournament if they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament. They have come. They have knocked off an abundance of teams to get here. And now they face number two seed Houston to see who goes to the final four. I don't know how much of the tournament you've watched, but who do you like, Oregon State or Houston? Houston. I would tend to side with Houston. I think Oregon State has played tremendous three-point defense in this tournament. I mean, the other day against Loyola, they held them to something like a dreadful 17% from three-point range. There hasn't been a team in the tournament that shot better than 25% from three-point range against them. They're very active with their hands on defense. They don't block a lot of shots necessarily, but they get a hand in your face. You're shooting contested threes. I think they can give Houston fits. I think it's the best chance for an upset, but I think Houston, I think this might be the first time in the tournament where Oregon State has faced a team that might even be more athletic than they are. And so I think the magical ride ends tonight. And I'm not rooting for Houston because I'm not a fan of Kelvin Sampson after what he did to the Indiana program while he was here, but I'll take Houston. That's what I was going to say. 
Now, the other game tonight, Baylor, Scott Drew taking on Arkansas. Mm, I'd like to see Baylor win. I think uh, a lot of teams would like to see Baylor win. They have not been to a Final Four since 1950. Arkansas is in its first Elite Eight since 1995. Uh, But it's Arkansas. Nolan Richardson isn't there anymore. Eric Musselman, nice but sore houseplants. Outside the state of Arkansas, nobody cares about Arkansas. Let's go Baylor. They're the number one seed. And quite frankly, they've been playing pretty well throughout the tournament. They got in a little bit of trouble in the regional semifinal and rallied strong and put that game away. I like the Bears. I think they're playing almost as well as anybody in the tournament. In fact, there's only two teams in the tournament that I think are playing any better than they are. One of them might be the University of Michigan, which I thought played as impressive uh, overall 40 minutes yesterday as any game I've seen in the tournament I'll agree with that. They beat Florida State, and they beat them like Grandma's Rug, 76-58. And Jawan Howard takes his team against the 11th seed UCLA in the regional finals. Who do you like, the Maize and Blue or the Bruins? I don't like Michigan, but I like the basketball team, and I uh, did not go with them on Friday, mm-hmm. and they won. I'm going to go back with Michigan for the win. I really thought Isaiah Livers being out of the lineup for Michigan would be a big difference maker for them. It has not been. They have just moved right on along with them. Mike Smith, their point guard, is terrific. I like that number 12. Uh, of course, they got those two big guys, Hunter Dickinson and Mo Wagner. And they're just, a, or I should say Franz Wagner. Mo was his brother who's in the NBA now. And I just think they're playing really well. Mick Cronin's teams are really tough. He was tough at Cincinnati. He has toughened up the Bruin program. UCLA plays at a pace. It's a lot different than most of the teams in the NCAA tournament. The number of possessions that they have a game ranks 337th in college basketball. It's a, they play at a very slow pace. They want to they milk the clock on possessions and slow the game down. I don't think Michigan allows them to do that. UCLA's been in single-digit turnovers all three of their NCAA tournament games this year. I think Michigan ramps up the pace, gets them out of their comfort zone, and the maize and blue go to the Final Four. I don't want to get too far past this, but this question was asked Saturday night at dinner. Is Scott Drew connected to to who I think he is? Well, Scott Drew is the son of Homer Drew. Yes. We've seen a lot of shots of Homer Drew during the tournament. Okay, Scott Drew is a Penn alum. He graduated before Homer got the Valparaiso job. When Homer was at Bethel, and then he spent a year at IUSB, that's when Scott was in high school. Then he went down and was a student manager at Butler. Okay. And now finds himself as the head coach at Baylor. Was an assistant to Homer at Valparaiso for a while. Is and Bryce older? Bryce is younger than Scott. Oh, younger. Okay. Yeah, Bryce is younger. Okay. The fourth game in the Elite Eight has USC, which has been impressive in its three wins in the tournament, including a 14-point dowsing of Oregon last night. And they take on the number one seed and undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. I'm going to go Bulldogs. I haven't watched much of Gonzaga because 
I just have felt like they'd be so dominant in mm-hmm. the games they've played, and they have been. Uh, USC has been on, but they're on late at night, and I haven't watched them a lot, but my wife has. And here's what I know about the uh, the men of Troy. They shoot the three really well. And last night, Oregon's strategy seemed to be taking away the Mobley brothers and making other people beat them, and USC was able to beat them uh, with other people. This will be the biggest test Gonzaga has had. This will be the closest game Gonzaga will have played in the tournament. I'll take the Bulldogs, but I think if there is one upset in this Elite Eight, it could be USC over Gonzaga. That'd be quite a headline tomorrow. It would, well, that, that game will be played Tuesday night. Oh, Tuesday. Yeah. It'd be quite a headline on Wednesday. Yes. Yes, it would. Now, don't forget about the women's tournament. I use women are still in the tournament. They knocked out the number one seed in their region, North Carolina State, on Saturday night and did it rather convincingly. And now Allie Patberg, the former Notre Dame player under Muffet McGraw, who transferred because, well, she just, it didn't seem to be a fit up here. She went down to Bloomington. She's from Columbus, Indiana, so Bloomington is just a hop and a skip away. Feels like a fit there. And it has been a fit. And she has played with tremendous tenacity, as has the rest of Terry Morin's team. And they've got a real shot against Arizona tonight. I use the four seed. Arizona's the three seed. Props to Arizona. They knocked out the former Irish player Jordan Nixon in Texas A&M in the regional semifinals on Saturday night. So it's not a given. It's not an easy one for IU. Shouldn't be at this level of the tournament. Indiana's never been to the Elite Eight before. They're there now. So, of course, they've not been to the Final Four on the women's side. Wouldn't that be a great story for Terry Morin and the Hoosiers? So, go IU in that one. Look Trailers is searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. If you're looking for work in a great atmosphere that's focused on safety, working smart, and bettering the team every day, then Look Trailers is for you. They're located only 24 minutes from Goshen and just 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Their family of brands include Look Trailers, Pace American, Cargo Express, and Everlight Trailers. Fly online at looktrailers.com today. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. Michigan High School Basketball moves on to the district, or excuse me, the regional tournament this week. The girls play tonight, the boys tomorrow night. The big girls game tonight is Buchanan taking on Edwardsburg. Buchanan is undefeated, but the Eddies are a very strong team. They were able to get past Three Rivers, a solid Wolverine Conference team in the district finals. This should be a test for Buchanan tonight, but I look for the Bucks to probably prevail in that one. Then on the boys' side, and you mentioned this with Phil McDonald last Friday on the show. You've got Benton Harbor playing at home in Farnham Gym against Lakeshore on Tuesday night in one of the semifinals up there. And it's a rivalry that we don't see a lot of, but, boy, it's a big rivalry. Big time. It's uh, two towns apart, St. Joe's in the middle, and they're nowhere to be found during all this. But it's just one of those games that you you didn't get to see a lot of. And there's a lot of history there between that city. Um, yeah, that should be a, a fascinating game. Is Phil calling that one, I wonder? Oh, I'm sure he is. I'd like to listen to that one tonight. That's, yeah. That would be pretty good. Actually, that game is Tuesday night. Oh, it's tomorrow night. Okay. Tuesday night for the boys. Girls, Girls play, tonight. play tonight. Guys play tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations to the Notre Dame fencing team. 
11th national championship. It's about all I can give you on that. I It's not a sport that I really follow. I, I know that they've had success for a long time. Mike DiCicco helped start that program at Notre Dame, built it into a national power, and they've remained such even after his passing. I, I found it fascinating that a brother and sister both won national championships on that team. Luke and Carl Linder, so congratulations to them. But that will probably be the amount of fencing talk that we'll ever do. <laughs> I'm going to read Channel. into this headline, by the way. If you've won 11 national championships, turns out fencing's pretty awesome at Notre Dame. Maybe lean towards that in your studies. Maybe pick up a sword. Well, there there used to be an academy in Mishawaka. I don't know if there still is one or not. There, I was going to ask there, you this this morning. It's like, how do you get There is that? a young lady from South Bend Adams who is on the Notre Dame fencing team. Okay. I think there are places where there are youth competitions in that. I know of no high school fencing teams. I wonder what the learning around. curve on fencing is. It A lot of it has to do with footwork. Okay. Footwork and agility to be able to... Avoid the swipes and the stabs of of your opponent, and then to be able to to parry, as they say, to counterattack and come back in. But I I think the footwork has a lot to do with it. Footwork and technique. Great sword fight in a movie. Go, Zorro. Very nice, very nice. Which version? Just uh, kidding. Just yeah, kidding. The original. I was going to go with Puss in Boots. Zorro is fine. Okay. Very good. U.S. men's soccer fails to qualify for the Olympics. This is this is just stunning. They lose to Honduras wow. 2-1 in a qualifying match. Nothing against Honduras. I'm sure it meant a lot to Honduras, that match. The U.S. should not be losing to Honduras in something. Really anything. <laughs> Given the resources... In this country versus the resources in Honduras. But that's part of what makes soccer the sport of the world. And so congratulations to Honduras, but it's it's kind of a black eye on the U.S. men's national team, which has traditionally had very little success. on the. You look at what the U.S. women's team has done right. on the international circuit versus what the U.S. men's team has done, and it's stunning. And so you kind of understand when the U.S. women's team says they're getting paid what and we're getting paid what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a case. Hockey, the Blackhawks, in a little spot of trouble here, Corey. Uh, Nashville has just passed them with that 3-2 victory last night for the final playoff spot in the, NL, in the NHL Central. And so whereas... I don't know, as recently as maybe three weeks ago, we felt pretty comfortable. Oh, the Blackhawks are going to make the postseason. Look at that gap that they've got. Well, they went on that little losing streak with playing Florida and Tampa Bay, and that gave teams like Nashville and Columbus a chance to catch up. And if you're going to stay ahead of the teams like Nashville and Columbus, you have to beat them. So you can't lose 3-2 on your home ice to Nashville last night. Alex Dabrinkit a couple of goals, but where was the rest of the Blackhawk offense? Who knows? And so the Blackhawks are are sputtering right now. They got to find a way to turn around. They're hoping that the return of Kirby Doc on the ice will help them somewhat. Didn't last night. Notre Dame baseball had an interesting weekend. I don't know how much you followed that over the I weekend. I knew you were excited about Louisville, but I didn't get a chance to see how it all played out. 
So Louisville won the first game of that series, seven to four. Nico Friday night. Friday night. Nico Cavadas smashed his tenth homer of the year. The Penn standout got Notre within five four going to the ninth. Cardinals played a couple of runs in the ninth. They win it seven to four. Saturday, Louisville jumps on top, two nothing. Back come the Irish. They chisel their way back and they take a three two lead. And they take a three two lead into the ninth. And I'm thinking, here, they're going to break this long streak. It's now 20 in a row that Louisville's beaten Notre Dame. It's going to end. Louisville hits a home run in the ninth. I think, how many times have I seen this before? And it's tied at three. So the Irish post, who's coming up in the ninth? And they've got, I think, Cavadas, Miller, and Cole. And you think, okay, Nico, right here, step up, launch one. He pops up. Next guy gets a walk. So here's Ryan Cole. Now, Ryan Cole just, let's see, the Notre Dame baseball home opener was March 19th. So on March 19th, Ryan Cole hit a walk-off home run against Duke to win the game and give the Irish, I think at the time, their sixth straight win. Here he steps up just eight days later, game on the line against Louisville, tied at three, and he hits another walk-off home run, his second one in eight days, and Notre Dame finally breaks the 20-game losing streak to Louisville, winning 5-3. And, man, I think they brought out three or four Gatorade coolers to dump on him. <laughs> uh, somebody commented, they look like they just won the World Series. Well, if you understood the losing streak, you would understand why they're reacting that way. Right. So Sunday's game wound up being rained out, so they've split. So Link Jarrett still has not lost an ACC series in his tenure at the University of Notre Dame. And you split with the team that was ranked five spots above you. It'll be interesting to see where the Irish wind up in this week's D1 baseball poll. Does that happen today? Yeah. Polls will come out today. Baseball America had Notre Dame number 12 last week. That was their highest ranking. We'll see how it all shakes out, but should be fun. I tried to get a little evasive boog on my radar yesterday. He wasn't calling the game. Who was? Two guys I've never heard of. <laughs> but I tuned in. It was six to nothing. And then when I tuned back in, Cubs, Cubs caught up, and then I didn't see how it ended. I think they dinner. lost to Texas fifteen to eight. It was a rather, oh. it was a rather lengthy day. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I wasn't keeping too close an eye on it, but I have been paying attention to the Cubs and some interesting moves that David Ross has made. He's basically made David Bodie the starting second baseman. I saw that. So he chooses David Bodie over Nico Horner. And I think the biggest reason is because Bodie has been in the league now. This will be his fourth year in the league, whereas Horner just came up last year and had a really hot start but then struggled. He had a very good spring this year, made some adjustments, but I think Ross wants to see him face some AAA-level pitching and kind of get used to that. We'll eventually have to bring him up to the big leagues, but he's got time with Nico Horner. On the pitching staff, I thought the most interesting part of that was as he put it together, Shelby Miller, who is a veteran pitcher and had a very good spring, they sent down to AAA. And they're keeping some younger arms, some younger left-handed arms in the bullpen because Ross wants to have some lefties to go to. He doesn't have a single lefty in his starting rotation. Uh, He's got the starting rotation is basically Hendricks, Arietta, uh, Kyle Davies, 
Trevor Williams, and a kid who pitched at South Bend, Adbert Alzale. Hmm. Alec Mills starts the season in the bullpen, and the bullpen is going to be absolute, as it is for any big league team. The bullpen is critical for the Cubs' success. And the most critical piece of that bullpen is the one that I have the most trepidation about, and that's Craig Kimbrell. Now, Craig Kimbrell, towards the end of spring training, has looked better, but that's because he couldn't have looked worse and still been on a major league mound. So I'm I'm still not sold on him as the closer for your 2021 Cubs, but that's what it's going to be as Chicago starts the season Thursday on a lovely 38-degree afternoon at the Friendly Confines. Welcome to Chicago. Woo! Now, the next day, it might be 55. Yeah, it's on the uptick. But... Mm. <laughs> so you're saying you won't be in attendance? Uh, no. 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 All right. Overrated, underrated. I am going to throw one at you from based on a movie that I watched, based on our overrated, underrated discussion from last week. Okay. You may recall we mentioned Reese Witherspoon. Yes, I remember Reese. What movie did she win the Oscar for? Uh, Walk the Line. So Johnny Cash, overrated, underrated. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, when you talk about the godfathers, the grandfathers of rock and roll or country music, well, there's something right there. He had his feet in both ponds for Mm -hmm. a good amount of time in a very long career. Boy, that's a healthy career as well. Yes. Right down the middle. I'm going to go right down the middle. I will go right down the middle as well. I, and I try not to be influenced by what I just saw, the movie, which I thought the movie was excellent because it didn't gloss over the warts, not only that Johnny Cash had, but all around him as well. Yes. And uh, it, it kind of gave you this understanding. But still, um, his ability to connect with the common man, and granted, it's helped because he came from very common man roots. Yeah. I, I think that was big. I, I'm big on longevity of career, as you mentioned. Uh, you can, I mean, he certainly passes the five-hit stage and then some. But I five think, albums. I think there's a, a reverence for Johnny Cash, so I'm not sure that you could ever say that he's underrated. No. So I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say down the middle. You know, I love, love, love those last four or five records that he put out because you just hear a weathered individual mm-hmm. that has lived the life. And there's something about when someone is singing a song like that and, and the believability. Yeah. Not only can they sing and play, but the belie- like this guy has... Well, it's interesting you note that because they talk about that in the in the movie. Yeah. They talk. He goes to this recording studio in Memphis, and I forget the man's last name. The first name was Sam, the guy that owned the recording studio. Oh, Sun Studios. And he mm-hmm. comes. He comes in, and he is doing a gospel song. And Sam says, first of all, I can't sell gospel." He goes, "Secondly, you don't really sound like you believe it." He goes, yeah. "He goes, I want to hear the song that." You've been hit by a car. You have your last chance to sing, 
And this is the psalm that tells everybody who you are and how you feel. And he does uh, the I Shot a Man in Reno song, the uh, Folsom Prison Blues, I believe, based on a movie that he saw when he was serving in the Air Force. And that's the song that makes Sam say, okay, I'm going to bring you out on tour. Such a great scene, too, as he kind of glances at his guys in the band. They're like, what key are you in? Yeah, what are you, what we are you don't doing? know what you're doing. What are you doing? And then they kind of figure it out real quick. Yeah, yeah that's that's a great movie. You, good reminder there. Now, we have a uh, request from a Sports Jack listener who reached out to me okay. over the weekend and wants to know overrated, underrated on Will Ferrell. <laughs> that dude either has comedic gold or comedic turds. Yes. Like just, this is horrible. And the protocol is like, he'll come out of the gate with something great and you'll be excited to see what the next one is. And that's usually the one that's mm-hmm. in the toilet. Uh, Blades of Glory. Yeah. Um, What's the one he Bewitched. Just did? Oh, yeah. that was horrible. There was one on Netflix where he's a Norwegian singer. Yes, yeah. We awful. sat through that. It was like, it what was is awful. the point of this? But old school, Step Brothers. Uh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Uh, I kind of like the Daddy's Home uh, movies. Him and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. When he's the new husband. I thought those were decent. Um, Boy, if she, if our now, other... SNL, too, if you're oh, going to throw yeah, that in Saturday there. Saturday Night Live. Um, I don't think he's the go-to guy as much as people think he is. So I'm going to go slightly overrated. I agree with you. And and it's because he's dropped too many comedic bombs with his movies. He is not, he's not necessarily box office gold. He can be. Yeah. He's got the right vehicle. But Mm -hmm. you're, you're still, you're still kind of spinning the wheel a little bit there in terms of what you're going to get from him. SNL, of course, he was terrific. But I think part of what made him terrific is in SNL was the chemistry of that cast. You know, he had people to bounce off for. Well, the writers with. knew who they were writing to. They knew right. to give him the right vehicle right. to do what he needs to do. He had Fallon with him who would laugh at anything that he did, which yeah. gets the audience to laugh as well. Uh-huh. Rachel Dratch, Horatio Sands. I mean, that. let's face it, that's one of the golden eras of SNL. I also think he set a standard for when that guy's on a late night show, you better watch or watch the next day. Oh, there's no question. He is a terrific guest. Yeah. He's a terrific guest. But there's not many of those. Like when Robin Williams would show up. Yeah. Or um, who else was just... Well, Charles Grodin in his day with Letterman did some great yeah. bits. He he always came across like he hated being there. Was that his right. thing? Yeah. Yeah. But Will Ferrell, when he's on a talk show, get out of the way and good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly overrated, though. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Well, I think that puts a wrap on this episode. You think so? I do, unless you've got something to bring to the table. No. Oh, that's what I thought. I think you've done this <laughs> justice. David Justice? Mm-hmm. 
Very nice. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for uh, watching. This will be on YouTube here. Part of it. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Part of it will be. And you're, you're on, on uh, Twitter, You're aren't on you? Twitter, aren't you? <laughs> you're on Twitter. Yeah, I tried to beat him to the punch. Have you got the blue check yet? No. I, I don't understand this. I, I don't understand no what one Twitter does. has against me. No one does. I'm at 46 Sports. I'm at my name is Corey with an E and Sports Yak with two Ks. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga David Justice, but not from Halle Berry. She hates your guts. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Sports Yak podcast brought to you by Look Trailers. Searching for dedicated people to join their team. They're hiring immediately for skilled positions, including welders, starting at $21 to $25 per hour. Located only 24 minutes from Goshen, 9 minutes from White Pigeon, Michigan. Visit LookTrailers.com. Look Trailers is an equal opportunity employer. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.